I'm live, pal. Yeah, I guess that's how we're doing it this week. I am coming at you live from the basement, and this is Tales from the Estate. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 60 of Tales from the Estate. My name is Drew Vensel, and uh, a very special show this week. So, unfortunately, we had an incident today, and uh, Caitlin had to go on the COVID-19 reserve list. So, I had to uh, call on a fellow Ohio player. So, joining me this week, you know him, you love him. He is one half of doing the favor. He is the founder of the Ohio Players, uh, my brother, Eric Brown. Eric, how you doing? Doing really well, man. Uh, first off, I want to thank you for asking me to come on. I told you there's extremely big shoes I'm going to have to fill. I know I'm not going to, but hopefully I can add something to the show. We can keep it going for you. It's it's not so much filling shoes uh, because this is going to be a little bit different this week. So, you know, uh, we have a little bit of a... a uh, a process and a, I guess a format that we go through and it really has nothing to do with, um, you know, sports or wrestling or, or a lot of, you know, like your podcast and a lot of the other podcasts that, that, you know, we're friends with and we shout out uh, ours is a little different, but, um, I have so many takes that I don't get to share on wrestling and on football. And so when, you know, you reached out to me today, I just, you know, I've had, wanted to have you on for so long um, because, you know, we talk almost daily about football and, you know, there, I just think there's such a good conversation that we're about to have on that. So I want to have you on. Um, I have a lot of things that I want to get off my chest. I know you do too uh, about the Browns because we've basically just sat through uh, a wasted season and that's been very frustrating. So, uh, you know, before we get started, uh, we had a little bit of news on the wrestling front come down, so I wanted to talk to you about that. So, uh, some NXT releases today on a random Wednesday out of the blue. Uh, most notably, William Regal. Just my opinion, I, I think it would be hard to uh, maybe count on one hand five guys that are more underrated than William Regal in the wrestling business. So, uh, where are you at with this? What are your thoughts? So this is tough for me, and I always, I always see all the the hot takes on social media, and I, I, you know what, I love that William Regal's getting his flowers in a way. I think that's great. Uh, he is very uh, underappreciated. I've never worked backstage. I've never worked in a wrestling business. All I can base my opinion on is what people say, and you never hear anybody say bad things. People rave about him. With that being said, I feel like WWE is like any workplace, and. You know, I can be very stiff on WWE. I'm historically stiff on WWE. With that said, they have the right to go in any direction they want to. They don't owe anybody employment. That's just the fact of the matter. We don't know what happened. Maybe he maybe wanted to go. You know, NXT is obviously going in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And maybe he thought that didn't fit what he wanted to do. So, I mean, or vice versa. And he has a right. And I think that any he can add to any wrestling company. He may want to go home and work with one of the upstarts over there. He obviously everyone clamors for AEW as kind of the obvious thing. So, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm indifferent. Yeah, I guess I should say. You know, and I, I've seen a lot of the takes today. It's like he's done so much for NXT. He's done so much for NXT, and yeah, he has. I mean, he played such a big role in what that brand has been over the past what seven eight years. But you know, I think if WWE has shown anything over the past year and a half two years with all these releases is that really doesn't matter what you've done um if they find that they you are expendable you're expendable and you know i think for so many people um you know they want to look at it as such a shitty thing to do and i get that and i'm not disagreeing with that but it's created so many opportunities for people you know and you're talking about how you know AEW would love to have them i think anybody would love to have them but I guess selfishly as a fan, uh, I look at it like I clamor for him to have a podcast now because I want to hear his stories. I want to hear him talk to a Conrad Thompson or whoever it may be. I don't think that matters. He could probably host a, sh a one man show and just tell stories and it would be extremely entertaining. But, um, you know, there's been so many guys like, you know, uh, Jeff Jarrett and his podcast over the past year. It's like. I love listening to these guys just talk about the business because they've seen and lived through so much in the business. And especially you mentioned Conrad Thompson. I don't know if you saw he made that tweet earlier about mm -hmm. call me or whatever, but <clears throat> that's a that's a legit business for those guys at this point. Yeah, right. They're 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 making towns, you know, a little bit. They're selling merch, the ad free shows, all that good stuff that goes into it. And I mean, the podcasts, as wildly popular as they are, are every bit as entertaining. I mean, I feel like we've all learned so much through those podcasts. And I mean, William Regal would have a hell of a podcast. 
I'm sure he's got a lot of stories, especially his personal life. He's worked backstage, WCW. He's, I mean, scouted talent, signed dudes, and unreal amount of fucking story that dude probably has. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, obviously you never want to see people lose their job, but I think if if what's been proven from those that have, uh, it's an opportunity. Go reinvent yourself. Go work on your craft. Go improve and uh, come back, and there's plenty of opportunity. I mean, you know, Ring of Honor went away, but you've got Impact. With all of this stuff going on, the independent circuit is going to blow up again because there's so much talent out there. Um, And so, you know, I think that's exciting. So, uh, you know, all these people losing their job, sucks but there's there's opportunity out there that's Um, what i'm talking about the tales from the estate podcast is more of a silver linings podcast i appreciate that sure yeah i mean we try to keep it positive but you know barry would have hit me with a well you know they don't give a fuck about anybody that's what we're all talking about here right (laughs) shout out barry frost (laughs) yeah so uh you know i went into this note knowing that i'm not even going to try and do anything barry does because those are shoes (laughs) i could never fill um so yeah you're not gonna hear any of that uh, not a wrestling encyclopedia <laughs> by any means. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. But let's get into this because uh, I think this is going to take many twists and turns. And uh, it's been a roller coaster. It's been a roller coaster year. So, um, you know, for outsiders, I, I guess, you know, you and I are diehard lifers, Browns fans. But for outsiders, you know, w- when they look at the Cleveland Browns, what do they see? It's a laughing stock. It's, uh, you know, we re entered the league in 99 and it's been nothing but wasted season after terrible season after bad quarterback play uh we've got a jersey a mile long with masking tape now at this point listing all of the 30 plus quarterbacks that we've had (sighs) you know so in 2018 we draft baker he comes in, sets the rookie passing record touchdowns, 27 touchdowns, uh, did it in 14 games, comes in, wins a game that first Thursday night. You know, uh, we hadn't won in over a year. Um, you know, everything's great. Comes back in 2019. They take a guy that, you know, he got hot with as an OC. They promote him to head coach. The guy wanted to be his friend. He didn't want to be his coach. Baker regresses bad. You know, he's... Uh, 22 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, 2019. Six and 10 season, bad. You get Odell, you don't do anything terrible. Come back in 2020, new coaching staff, Kevin Stefanski. We come out, we get blown out week one, Baltimore. Okay, more of the same. Then they go on a little bit of a hot streak. Okay. Baker's looks decent. Okay, it's a new coach. It's learning a new system. Odell goes down. Baker gets hot. He's distributing the ball. He's sharing the ball. He's being a game manager. Uh, but he had good numbers. He was efficient, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So uh, we win a playoff game against our rival in Pittsburgh, and we blow him out. Obviously, obviously we have expectations. Uh, so I've brought you this far. So uh, going into this season, where were you, where was your head at? What were you expecting out of Baker? Uh, <clears throat> I was very confident going into the year, but I also knew that I was worried we reached his ceiling. And that was kind of my thing, because a lot of the stuff that Baker has always done, I think a lot of the fans got caught up in the moment. And that's great because we'd never been on that ride before. Right. <clears throat> but if you look, take a deep dive in what was really happening. A lot of stuff was coming off play action. A lot of stuff was coming off boots, things like that. Him rolling to his left. He throws very well to his left. That's kind of been taken away this year. I'm not one to lean on the injuries, but we'll get to that. But everything was schemed up so well. Stefanski had a hell of a year as a play caller as well. He won coach of the year. I thought that was a huge impact. I think the biggest impact we had was Baker's rookie year was great. But a lot of the stuff was – they talk, Freddie, Freddie Kitchens gets a lot of credit. I think Ken Zampezi doesn't get enough credit because he was the quarterback's coach that year. I agree. Andrew Stanton was also in the building. So they're surrounding him with vets. So he had – he was getting navigated. And the next year, a lot of these guys left. They signed his friend. That's where we saw the regression. They put the franchise on his shoulders too quick. And I think that's where the Browns messed up because they'd never been in that position before where they had to take care of a young rookie quarterback. They had let him breathe. They thought they had to keep him happy. That's not the situation. So you bring in Stefanski. Everything you said was the Odell injury. Things picked up immediately after that. That was the Bengals game. He threw a game-winning touchdown. Played well in a couple performances later on against the Ravens, Titans especially stick out. But this year, again, things were – he played decent in the Kansas City game. Back-breaking interception at the end, though. 
right? The fourth quarter numbers have always been bad. Then he has the injury, which I thought was a stupid injury to take because mm-hmm. he was trying to make a tackle and threw his left arm out. Like, so that was stupid. And then he became very limited. I think where the Browns were in a tough spot was that's when people started crowding the line of scrimmage and they basically had to throw the ball. And also, I think they wanted to give Baker his chance to earn that contract. Yeah. And Nick Chubb got COVID. I don't think that's talked about enough because he was never really the same after that. Right. You know, and just on the Chubb thing real quick, since you brought that up, you know, and it's one of those things that it's so true. You know, I heard people talk about it, but most people don't realize how that works. Uh, If Nick Chubb isn't in the game, 90% of the time, that's Nick Chubb's choice. Uh, It's not Kevin Stefanski purposely saying, we want Dearness out there or we want Kareem out there. You know, it, when Kareem's there, that's different. They split drives. But it's not it's not Stefanski saying we don't want to have him on the field. If Nick Chubb's not in the game, there's a reason for that. You know, everybody's, you know, this past week against the Steelers. Uh, you know, why isn't Chubb in the game? Well, it comes out he had a rib injury. That's why he wasn't in the game. It, it wasn't that he couldn't play, but he's at 70% at that point. So really, what are you going to get out of him? But, you know, my thing with Baker is, it, and and. I have no ill towards the guy as a person, as a competitor, as a player. I love the kid's heart. I always have. I loved his attitude. I loved the chip on his shoulder. I loved the, you know, I've been doubted my whole life. But when you talk about coming out, um, you know, ceilings, you know, what, what was talked about Baker? He's the most accurate, you know, he's, he's ready to go from day one, but then you had a guy like Josh Allen, but his ceiling is so much higher, but who knows if he's going to get there. Well, now fast forward four years later, which one would you rather have? Obviously, you'd rather have Josh Allen. You could have Lamar, whatever. Uh, that's revisionist history. Can't go back. But the thing with Baker is, if you're going to have a franchise quarterback, what's one of the most important things you need? Consistency. He has never shown that. He had a good year. He had a terrible year. He had a efficient year last year. And then now, where are we at again? How much of that can you contribute to the injury? Uh, probably quite a, a fair amount. But there's things that you see that you saw before the injury and things that an injury would not affect. He leads the league in batted balls at the line of scrimmage. That's not because of his injury. That's been every single year since he's been in the league. He leads the league in interceptions. And that's the unwillingness to change your arm angle, to work on the little things, the things that you're supposed to grow at in the NFL. You know, he's one of the few quarterbacks in the league. I know you know this because we kind of heard from the same place that does not have a quarterbacks coach in the offseason. He doesn't have that Tom House that he goes to that all these big name quarterbacks go to because he is a stubborn kid and wants to kind of figure out himself per reports. If that's true, that's not a great look, I don't think, because you haven't grown in those areas that you're talking about. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's fine. And that's I guess that's my biggest gripe is he's not progressing. He's regressing. And, you know, you can say, well, you know, how much of that this year is the injury? Okay, you can say that. But the injury is not affecting him standing in the pocket, not being able to make a decision because he doesn't trust himself. The confidence is gone. It's dead. It's done. You can tell if you can read body language, if you can just visualize and watch a game like we do, you can see it's just not there. He cannot read the defense at the line of scrimmage. He does not. He does not check out of plays. He does not change protection. He does not a- any of that. And you know, your franchise guy, a franchise quarterback, cannot be inconsistent. Does the Aaron Rodgers and the you know Drew Brees, Brady, do they have bad games? Sure, but do they? Are they average at best? No. And really, what have we seen out of Baker that's been elite? Nothing. Has there been some stuff that's above average? Sure. Uh, but if you're going to pay a guy at this point, the going rate for a franchise quarterback, 45, 50 million a year, you're not paying him that. No. And that's the thing. I think we've seen flashes. And the thing that's frustrating about it is it's after year four now. He's placed on IR today. So the season's done. We're still having this conversation. The look in Cincinnati. Look out with with the Chargers. Look at there's a few other places. You know they don't have any doubts. Mm-hmm. They know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And, and even the young quarterbacks this year, the, the Patriots feel really good about it. I'm not sure what the Jags are. Not sure what the Bears are. But the inability to grow, the inability to process information, because guess what? The NFL they got tape on you now. Yeah. And all that shit that you know, first read, second read shit from his rookie year, not gonna fly his second year. Now, Stefanski can scheme guys open. He's the best play caller he's had. 
but he can't tell him on the field to throw the ball to David Njoku and not force the Donovan Peoples-Jones in the sideline. When, right. you know, that's just a inability to go through your progressions. And I got to be the first one to say, and I know we've talked. I'm sorry, Odell. That was yeah. my bad. That's I owe him a, an apology. That dude was running open. And I tried to make, I, I feel stupid because I spent a lot of time making excuses because I wanted Baker so bad to be that guy too. I did not want to be having this conversation. Yeah, and, and you know, like if, if you're the Browns right now, we're in the worst case scenario because it's going into year five and it's we don't have the answer. And that's the worst case scenario. It's either he's the guy or he's not. And OK, we move on. But it's we don't know. Do you bank on, OK, he comes back from this injury healthy and we've seen enough that we want to give him one more year? I'm not in that camp. So if you're Andrew Barry, what do you what is your plan going into the offseason? So I feel like you don't have another wait and see year because the window I feel like could be closed. It's, cl- it's the NFL. The windows close on these teams quick, right? It depends on what your ability to uh, replace him. Now, it's going to be really tough to convince a free agent to come to Cleveland just due to our history alone and mm-hmm. the weather. And it's not the most flashy city. I do have an interesting Deshaun Watson theory that I've kind of cooked up in my head Okay. that maybe if he clears all this legal stuff, I don't know if he's going to be super willing considering he does, seems like he doesn't like the media at all. I don't know if he's going to be super willing to go play in a big market. That's the only thing I still, I think that's the only tiny chance for all you people clinging to Deshaun Watson. I think that's the only tiny chance in my mind. Other than that, don't love any quarterbacks coming out of the draft. I feel like every year there's probably a quarterback or two that's unexpectedly available. So it depends on how you feel. I think Kirk Cousins might be the best option just because of the relationship with Stefanski. Mm-hmm. But again, we know what his ceiling is. But he's had 30 touchdowns, six interception seasons. He's gone to the Pro Bowl. But he's also done Kirk Cousins things at the end of games that we've seen time and time right. again. Same with Derek Carr. He was right. also historically bad in bad weather, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, but you look at it's it. A, it's a tough situation, man. So I, I guess what I'm asking is if so if if all the legal trouble goes away, would you take Deshaun? Yeah. If it's all bull, depends on how it goes away. Right. Like I'm I wouldn't be super stoked about it like an out of court settlement. Mm-hmm. But if his name completely got cleared and it was just some angry lawyer in Houston who was upset that he wanted to leave. Yeah. Which we don't know. We're not down there. You know what yeah. I mean? We just know yeah. we know what everybody else sees on the news. We have no right. idea. I don't you know, know if Sean Watson was out there getting his asshole massaged or not. I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you that. Okay? I, I don't want to know, you know. Right. But I think... I, but if he's cleared and he's good to go, I honestly think Baker to the Texans makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I, I, do, I wouldn't see them not doing it, you know, not giving him a shot. I mean, he's got a year left. And then, you know, if he if he performs, you pay him. If he doesn't, he goes. I, yeah, and I was still holding out hope that Baker would figure it out. I was even in the camp until up until the last month of the season. You know, you almost have to bring him back because you don't want to spend assets to get that guy. You'd rather just pay Baker, right? But now to get to Sean Watson, what are you going to do? You're going to have to trade. I don't know what their draft capital looks like. Probably going to come off a young player. But there's, this team is going to look a lot different next year. It's going to look a lot it is. different. It is. You know, and like I said, I'm – this is nothing personal. I'm a Browns fan. Uh, It's not, I'm not a Baker fan. I'm not an anti Baker fan. I'm a Browns fan. I just want to win. You know, we've been terrible for years. We come back because that's just what we do, but we've got so much talent. I mean, you look at how well this defense has performed this year and for what, like they've kept us in games and we literally just cannot score. Okay. Back to that. This turns the conversation around a little bit. I'm sorry, I don't mean to hijack your show. No, no, that's why you're here. Let's let's talk about some positive things that stood out to us. Yeah. Because again, I don't subscribe to the theory that this is same old Browns. Because same old Browns did not have this talent level, and they were getting blown out. We've lost what six one possession games mm-hmm. this season. That's insanity. And a lot it of is. it, I think, <laughs> we have anybody playing quarterback at Baker Mayfield in that Packers game, we win. Right. I felt better about, I honestly felt better about Nick Mullins. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when we win, we're winning in spite of him. 
Like right. he's not doing anything to elevate the people around him. Um, you know, if we have a, a good game on the ground and Chubb does his thing and our defense holds up, um, you know, we get two or three scores on the ground. Uh, we got a good chance to win. Right. If the game dictates Baker making a play to win us the game, it's not happening. What I mean, you, have to do, what you, have you to look do. at you look at his fourth quarter stats this year. OK, he is 31 of 66. He's not even at 50 percent. He's not even at 50 percent. If you're looking at the last two minutes of the half, 45 percent completion percentage. Which is crucial possessions because, you know, we get the ball, you get that kind of mm-hmm. score, get the ball score type situation where really swing the game, which you see the Patriots do all the time. What was Baker's biggest strength coming out? He's super accurate. He's accurate. He'll put the ball in a dime right where it needs to be. His Accuracy career, arm strength. That's his career heard. completion percentage is 61%. Yeah. <laughs> career rating below 90. Hasn't ever had one over 100. No. Only threw for 300 yards twice in 2021. Yeah. Uh, never reached 30 touchdown passes. Only had uh, single-digit interceptions once. So, yeah. But back you to know, the pause. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I didn't mean to get – who jumped out at you? What young player jumped out? You're like, okay, I'm very excited about the future. And I think I know who you're going to say, and I'm very excited to hear you talk about it. I'll give you two, and they're both on the defensive side of the ball, and they were our first two draft picks, and that's Greg Newsom. Uh, he's not been talked about enough, but that's because you haven't heard his name. He had an outstanding game against Pittsburgh. He broke up three passes. I mean, he's he's just they put him on an island this year. And when he's been there, he had the concussion and, you know, all of that. Uh, he's had the calf. But when he's been healthy, he's been outstanding. Uh, and then JOK, he was my favorite player coming out of the draft. I wanted him in the first round. I can't believe he slid to 52. Um, probably the best gift we got all year. Uh, that kid's going to be a star. He's mm-hmm. he's built for the new NFL. He's a do it all. He's a linebacker. He's a hybrid safety. He's, he's covering linebackers. He, he could probably go out. He can cover backs. I mean, athleticism through the roof, speed through the roof. I like, I love the kid. To me, it was also uh, Greg Newsom to well, he compl- he compliments Denzel Ward, who, in my opinion, top five corner in the NFL. I would Legit. agree. Yep. So he's another one who doesn't get talked about enough because folks, these great corners, you don't hear their name a lot because mm-hmm. they don't get thrown out a lot. Right. So that's just, and they don't give up plays. That's, that's kind of what happens. Greg Newsom, a great player. Uh, I also thought greedy flashed at times. He did. He had a solid season, you know, um, he battled the injuries too, but when he was out there, I thought he played well. And also Grant Delpit. It was nice to see him grow in that safety mm-hmm. role after basically losing his whole, we did lose him his whole rookie season and having to kind of work in a rotation with Ronnie Harrison, who I think will probably be gone. You know, yeah. so they have, they, they got y'all young players, but Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa is, I tell you, we drafted him for uh, basically two games, right? <laughs> that was the mindset. Like we have to stop Lamar in this. And I thought he did a very good job against Lamar. He is a run stopper. He's fast. He doesn't miss tackles. He is a excellent, excellent, excellent addition. So on the offensive end, I thought DPJ obviously made strides. Mm-hmm. I think that he is going to be our number two receiver going forward. I, I think too. he's a le- very solid number two wide receiver in the league. Um, it's a shame that, think- because, yeah, I, with DPJ, I don't think you saw what he could do because he didn't have anybody that could get him the ball. Right. And I thought when he did have his opportunities, he made the most of them. That Hail Mary against the Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's he's a specimen. And I give my buddy, who's a Michigan fan, a lot of shit. But like, I always say, how did you turn that guy into a six-round pick? Mm-hmm. He was the number one receiver coming out of high school. Yeah. So he's he's an absolute unit. But the offensive line was juggled all year. Dearness Johnson, obviously. I thought mm-hmm. made himself a lot of money in some capacity. I think that someone he could start on some NFL team somewhere. I'm guessing. And I, I hope he does because I love his story. Right. Absolutely. Like, I, I want to see him it. get paid. Like I want to. I you know. After that Thursday night game, and he had a hundred, however many yards rushing, and just see the look of just pure like, oh my god, I'm in this moment. Like that whole just like <laughs> innocent joy was just so beautiful to see. He's like, oh, LeBron shouted me out. It's like LeBron. <laughs> right. 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 But I thought you know. Other than the defensive side of the ball, I look great. I thought they made great signings. Clowney, mm-hmm. I hope they find a way to bring him back. I do, too. I, I think he's going to want to come back, but I think he's going to want to get paid. And also, 
Oh, Antonio Brown just released a big statement. I'm getting all these texts. Oh boy. <laughs> so that's gonna, I'm sure that's going to be something. Mm-hmm. But so the defensive side of the ball, you've I feel like trending in the right direction. How do you feel about Joe Woods? I've been happy with him. You know, I know at the beginning of the season we were trying to gel. People don't understand that you can't just add all these pieces and expect it to to be there. You know, it's not a well-oiled machine from day one. Uh, but we've gotten better as the years have gone on on defense, and we've done it. We've been down guys, and you've had guys like MJ Stewart step up. Uh, I want to see him stick around. That can be a core piece for you. Um, and so we've really our defense has been depleted, and we haven't really lost a step. And you know, um, we've had some games where we weren't great against the run, but overall, that's the strength of our team. And like I said, the past two months, they've been keeping us in every game because we can't score. Right. I mean, I'm looking at some of the games right now. You know, you lose the Packers game 22-24. You lose the Raiders game 14-16. That's a Nick Mullins game. You lose a Ravens game 16-10. to I mean, this is it's just you lose a Steelers game 15-10. to that, that, That's that's brutal. That's yeah. absolutely brutal. So. Yeah. I mean, you have you have talent on the offensive side of the ball. You should be scoring 30 points a game. Especially a lot of it, man, the Odell Beckham thing. Mm -hmm. It's just you see him just get plugged in the Rams, not knowing really anything that's going on. And they can. All right. We can use you in the red zone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We can at least get touchdowns out of you down there. (laughs) And just to see that's when you're like, when you see that, you're like, okay, we have incompetence at the quarterback position. And that was a cold, hard truth to swallow. Yeah. And that's, you know, and I, I think maybe that's why, you know, there's a, a, a good section of Browns fans that are just like, you know, Baker's got to be the guy no matter what, because they don't want to have to go through it again. Right. Because now what if we get it wrong again? You know, it was like we we got a taste of, OK, we're finally done with this. We finally addressed it. You know, we're, we're good to go. Now we can build the rest of the team. OK, well, now we've built the rest of the team. And guess what? He's not the guy like it, it didn't work out. And that is shitty and it's not fun to deal with, but we can't just keep trotting them out there because if you learn to accept mediocre, you're never ever going to have anything else. And that's what it is, is because we sucked for so long and we had a, a taste of success. It's okay. Now we have to stick with this because this worked. Well, guess what? It's not working. And so right. now you got to go find something that does. You just explain the, the reason why the Baker sexuals exist. Yeah. Because we struggled for so long and we got just a taste of it mm-hmm. and we thought that was the answer. Now, most teams have, most teams have a hangover after Super Bowl. We have a hangover after AFC wildcard win. So yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it just, it is what it is, man. It's, it's the fans wanted it so bad that they tried mm-hmm. to talk themselves into it when in reality, this is going to suck to say, and don't take this the wrong way. Browns fans, a lot of you guys don't watch football outside the Browns, so you don't know what winning football looks like. Exactly. They've only ever seen Browns football. That hurt to say. Yeah. But it's <laughs> it's a it's a sad truth. Yeah. Like, you know, in you you see everybody comment and stuff, and some people, you know, make legitimate arguments and stuff. But you know, I was reading this thing today and I just chuckled to myself. It was like Baker's the best quarterback we've had since Bernie Kozar. Well, look at the shit stain that you had in between. Obviously, he's the best quarterback we've had. He's been here longer than a year or two. Right. Does that mean that his play has been that much greater? No. Has he been average to slightly above average to mostly below average consistently? Sure. That's what you're getting. So um, he will never be a top 10 quarterback, in my opinion. He can be efficiently have some stats that are top 10, but he's not going to be a guy that you look at and you say, yeah, you're going to go win a Super Bowl with him. You know, you you might go win a playoff game here and there, but do you feel confident against him going up against Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen or, you know, whoever uh, and saying, yeah, I feel confident that Baker's going to outplay Pat Mahomes and we're going to go get this win. One thing that I'm hopeful for, people say like, oh, it's you can, you're not going to be able to trade him. You won't be able to trade him. I think people doubt the arrogance of NFL head coaches mm-hmm. because I guarantee you there is a handful of coaches around that league that probably doubt the Browns' ability to handle a quarterback and think, I can win with him. I can win with him. I'm thinking, and not because of the comparisons physically, although Baker has a way better arm, uh, the Saints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Sean Payton. Think about around the league. Teddy Bridgewater was a starting quarterback in the NFL this year. 
Think about that. Taylor Mm -hmm. Heineke was a starting quarterback in the NFL this year. Davis Mills was a starting quarterback in the NFL this year, and he replaced Tyrod Taylor, who was a starting quarterback in the NFL this year. I can go on. Yeah. That's the state. It's just the state of the NFL is. You have to have a quarterback to win, and not even half the teams have one. Right. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm with you as far as Houston. I think that would make the most sense. You know, uh, whether or not that involves Deshaun Watson, that's to be seen, Um, you know, but if he ends up not coming back for whatever reason, I I would see Houston as a likely destination. Um, My pipe dream, and we've talked about this and, you know, it's progressively looking like that's definitely not going to happen. But my number one guy would be Jalen Hurts. Mm. If we could find a way to get him, I know starting the season, it didn't seem like Philly was really that committed. Um, you know, he's taking him to the playoffs now, so I'm sure they're rethinking that. But uh, he's a quality locker room guy, I believe. Uh, I think he's got the tools, and I think he's a winner. So I'd love to have him here, but I don't see that happening now. Okay, I'm going to give you some names because I'm looking at a list of possible quarterbacks available in 2022. Okay. I'm just going to give you a name. Just tell me what you think. Tell me yes or no. You know, you can go as deep as you want or whatever. I don't mean to hijack your show, by the way. No, I love this. Dude, I'm having so much fun. Jameis Winston. No. Jimmy Garoppolo. That's Baker. That's a sidestep. That's it's a lateral move. Tua Tagovailoa. I just don't I don't think he's I don't think he's durable enough to play in this division. I, I worry about him in weather too. Yeah. Yeah. Derek Carr. I would take a shot on Derek Carr. I really would. Um I know his I mean, if you compare stats to Baker, he's better than Baker. But, you know, I know he's a sub five hundred guy, but he would not he's never had the talent around him that he would have here. He's never had the protection he would have here. Kirk Cousins. I think if Kirk Cousins was going to go to any team and be set up for the best chance of success, the Cleveland Browns would be number one because of Kevin Stefanski. I'm going to give you one more, and I feel like his name's not talked about a lot, and I think it's, I think it's hellaciously interesting. Okay. Matt Ryan. So the only thing with Matt Ryan that worries me is what he's what 38 uh let me get it on i get that for you real quick go ahead okay if he's 38 so what are you looking at one year two year stopgap try to try to win do you do you see matt ryan though coming to the afc and being any sort of threat in the playoffs it'll be his age 37 season okay um i'm pull up his pro pro football reference here just to see what we're getting out of most recent years here but I actually don't hate the idea. He's thrown for almost probably going to end the season on 4,000 yards. He's been over 4,000 yards every season of his career, except for his third year in the league. Complete percentage over 65% every single year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts. If, if you can find like it real quick. If you can if, put pieces around him and you can keep him upright. And all I mean, the Browns are going to be a running football team no matter what. I think at this stage of his career, and he's played in weather. He went to Boston College. I know he right. spent his career in Atlanta and played in that division down there, whatever, whatever. But I think this is a very interesting, very interesting thing. I don't hate Matt Ryan. And I also trust it. I'm sorry, my daughter's in here. <laughs> no, it's okay. Hi, Lily. We're talking about the Browns, Lily. Sorry, she does run-ins on podcasts. That's what we do. I love it. <laughs> right, go you to bed, okay? You're getting you have two of these. Yeah, two of I know. Yeah, and I got about two months to go. She's going to bed. Say bye, Drew. Bye, Drew. bye Lily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing the one to bed. Anyway, back to Matt Ryan. I actually love the idea of bringing in a what I call a super vet late in their career. You're seeing it happen more and more. He's been healthy. He's been durable. He's played 16 games every year, but 2019 where he played 15 and 2009 where he played 14. He's incredibly durable. He's incredibly efficient. He. How many sack? How many times has he been sacked this year? I'm just interested. 37. He would not be sacked 37 times here. 
he led because the league. He's, sack, he, is, he, led, he is he is he is not a take a sack guy. He led the league in taking sacks in 2019 when he had 48. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, his. his I'm just saying, I would good. he would have a much better line in front of him here. I mean, that's something to think about. He's going to have a better team around him than what he does down in Atlanta where he's handing the ball to Cordell Patterson. Mm. So I think – I don't I don't know what his I, – I, I think I like it, Drew. I know I could get smashed for this. I think Russell Wilson is not happening. I don't, I don't see Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay. Uh, don't love Derek Carr. To me, it comes down to Cousins and Matt Ryan, and that's just a shitty thing to say out loud, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I hear myself say it, but I think that's where we're at. I I honestly think that's where we're at. All right, so I guess we'll we'll end the Browns talk with this, and then we'll we'll start wrapping this up. So you have three choices to open your season 2022, trot out at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, or Matt Ryan? Who are you going with? Matt Ryan. Okay. I quickly, heard, quickly answered that. You heard it here first. So So if, if Matt Ryan – I haven't really thought about this, but also I'm looking at CBS Sports potential – she said bye, Drew, again. She ran it again. <laughs> and potential suitors for Aaron Rodgers, Browns are on that list. Russell Wilson, Browns are not on that list. Kirk Cousins, Browns are on the list. Matt Ryan, Browns are on the list. Broncos are also on these lists, too. Same with Eric Carr. Tua, not on the Browns for some reason. Neither is Jimmy G. So we'll we'll see, man. I don't know where they're getting these t- potential suitors at, but fun to think about, I guess. Yeah. So, okay, fun to think about. So besides uh, Russ, I guess, what do you think it would take to uh, to get Russell Wilson here? <laughs> At least two firsts. Player. Okay. Okay. So let's say it's two firsts and we'll say a third. You doing it? Yeah. I would too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I just think, but I don't know if he's going to want to come here because I think the problem would be, I feel like this team looks a lot different if you had Garrett, uh, Garrett Wilson to it. Mm-hmm. I really do. But I think any quarterback, especially a vet, Matt Ryan would be like, oh, I can get $25 million a year to hand the ball to Nick Chubb. Right. Sure. Right. So that's what I think. I, I kind of love that. And I think you could probably get three years out of him. I mean, I would take it. And he's not even 40 years old yet. I mean, depends on how long he wants to play football, but he's been healthy. If you look yeah. if you pull up his numbers on pro football reference, he has been astonishingly healthy his entire career. Well, I just want to uh, thank you for the past. 36 minutes of letting me talk Browns. I've never gotten to do that on a podcast, so I feel uh, much better. I'm glad, man. I'm, really I'm glad so liberated. To, I'm really glad that people got to hear like what I see in text every day, because I always think you have such good takes. I think you should tweet about the Browns more. Sorry if I hijacked a little bit, but no, no. I'm just and, a curious person. Whenever I'm talking with somebody who I respect their opinion of, that's when I start to get the questions going. I'm a podcaster, bro. I get I get the questions going, and that's what happens. I don't really call myself a podcaster because that's not really what we do. But um, no, it's been great, you know. And like I said, I, I love talking to each other because it, like I said, it's hard because some people just don't get it, and that's not a knock, but it's just you either get it or you don't. If you really love football, you you dig into it and you watch everybody play, and you and you you know you you see what you see, but. Um, you know, as far as sharing Brown's takes on Twitter, uh, I have a strict try to keep it positive mantra. <laughs> you know, I thank Dobro for that. But um, and as I you know, if you put that hashtag Brown's on anything, um, you're opening the floodgates and it's just complete and utter shit show. Yeah, I know. It's I sometimes I can't help myself. I feel like the Brown's people that wax poetic about the Browns. There's a couple out there. They probably know who they are about. I mean, think about today. We woke up today. Shut the fuck up. We're not in the playoffs. Let me be miserable for a little bit. That's how I, that's how I cope. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't get the tribalism. I don't get it, but whatever. We'll move on. <laughs> All right. So before I let you leave, so, you know, um, 
we've got we've got this is episode 60 we've gone 60 straight weeks uh we do top fives on this show so i've not told you about this i'm throwing you a curveball uh but i got one that is you'll you'll be able to answer answer perfectly accurately because you are an aficionado so eric what i want you to do is tell me your top five absolute must-haves to create the perfect charcuterie board okay so to me, I think with the charcuterie board, I'm actually not a master at all. I, you are way more creative in the kitchen than I could ever hope to be. But I feel like you need a balance of flavors. And also, you want something new. If you can find something new almost on every charcuterie board, I feel like that's very cool. And it's not always, not everything's meant to be liked, right? Mm -hmm. So the charcuterie board is something that is a discussion piece. So I, I think you got to have a white cheese. Okay. Okay. And I think I need like a jelly to kind of counteract that cheese. Okay. Uh, I need spice. So maybe like a spicy mustard and maybe like a chorizo, salami, something like that. Something I can cut. Um, okay. And obviously cheeses. I have a strong spice theme. So I want a spicy cheese. I also want maybe like a hard dry cheese and something new. We had a truffle. It was something that was called a truffle tremor the other day. And it was uh, $26 a pound. Oh, wow. From Whole Foods. I got it. Cut up big portions. It um, it tasted like a heel. It tasted like someone's, if you lick the bottom of someone's heel, that's <laughs> what it tasted like. So, yeah, that, but that happened. And it, But it, what was funny was it became such a great conversation piece that people would see people's reactions to it and be like, I can't be that bad. And then, sure enough, mm -hmm. it was definitely that bad. So uh, just something that's going to have a discussion piece, uh, olives. Olives. I've gone past five. I've gone past five. No, that's all right. I, I, I knew this would just open up a discussion. Uh, there's, there's, there's little kimchi-looking pickle things. There's mm -hmm. little joints. Those are really good. Uh, but a variety. You want to have a lot of different – you want to have, like, four different kinds of spicy salami. And then, like, you know, a trisky, a variety of crackers. i got to have a club soda or a club soda. <laughs> have a club, I gotta have a club cracker. I gotta have like a more like a wheat base, like a trisket, and then I can keep it. You know, whatever you want after that. Something like, yeah. like a garlic cracker. For me, it's all about the condiments. Gotta have some good mustards. You gotta have some good jellies. Yes. Um, a good like a puree or a paste. A lot of people don't do that, but um, you know, you can go get like a straight chili paste, and then you can layer your cheese over that. So that you know, let's just say you've got like a, a straight up. You know, it, it is what it is, a Havarti. You lay it on that paste. Now you're getting that flavor when you pick it up and you eat that cheese. You add it on a cracker, boom, now you're good to go. So uh, for those of you out there who never thought about that, it is a good addition. Um, you know, you can find it pretty much at any grocery store. But, uh, yeah, like you said, a charcuterie board really is just what it is. Like, do with it what you want. Like, you could be Barry Frost and make a Lunchable one and, you know, be a hillbilly to eat white bread. But Don't, um, don't do that. No, that doesn't right. work either, by the way, folks. It, it's oh, that's no. really how the man eats. But yeah, I saw that was a big hit on the charcuterie board the other day. I know we're running low on time here, but the uh, prosciutto paste mm -hmm. it was very nice. Mm -hmm. Big hit with the family. So mm -hmm. absolutely. All right. Well, I cannot thank you enough for doing this. Uh, it was super short notice. We usually record on Tuesdays. We, for whatever reason, did not record last night. Uh, we wake up today. She's not feeling well. Um, you know, she gets tested. It's, it's positive. So I'm keeping my distance. I'm trying to stay away. Uh, but like I said, this has been so much fun. I, you know, I can't thank you enough for stepping in. Um, you know, before you go, like plug your stuff, man, doing the favor, you guys way more popular than this podcast. So uh, anybody that listened uh, to this <laughs> definitely yeah. knows you, but, uh, yeah, take that time, plug yourself. Uh, yeah, obviously doing the favorite podcast, wherever you get a, a podcast, we're probably there. Uh, yeah, we've 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 come and gone. We've come and gone in waves, right? Right now, we're kind of in a watch along phase. It's because we're not watching a lot of current wrestling. We haven't really been collecting as we want, so we don't want to be frauds and come out there and present something that we're not truly passionate about at that moment. So right now, I'm passionate about watching old watch, doing old watch alongs, watching wrestling with Barry because he is that encyclopedia and drawing all that wrestling information out of him. It's been a great thing. We also do sports shows as well. You can follow me on Twitter instagram tiktok by searching at doing the favor personally at eric brown 740 740 for me uh my co-host at bfrost 28 follow him as well awesome well brother like i said i thank you uh this was 
very cathartic for me. This was uh, checking something off the uh, bucket list for me. You know, I'm, I'm going to bring back more tales from the estate at some point, And, you know, I wanted to have you on that and I still will. And we'll think of something else to uh, to talk about. Um, but thank you for coming on. And uh, as always, it's a pleasure. That was great, man. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, before I get out of here, I do want to send some shout outs and quite a bit of thank yous. And no, I'm not going to sing any words to any songs that we don't own the rights to. That's her bit, and I'm not doing it. Obviously, first, I got to thank Eric from doing the favor. Huge, huge shout out to him. Huge shout out to their show. Uh, literally, with a few hours notice, he was more than happy and willing to jump on. And that was just so much fun. Uh, you know, Eric and I talked to Browns daily and to be able to just do that on a podcast and, and just have that banter back and forth and not through text message. So great. So Eric, thank you, brother. I, I can't say enough good things about him, about Barry, about their show. You know their show. You love their show. It is just one of the most entertaining hours that you could get each and every week or whenever they drop them because they've got that great gig when they can just drop shows when they want. And that's, I strive for that. So Eric, thank you uh, for just an absolute blast coming on with me. Uh, next, as always, got to shout out my brother, Tim at a chair shot host pulling up a chair. I just got a little bit of an inside tip as we were recording that, that he's got a new episode coming very soon. So I cannot wait for that. Make sure that you're checking that out. Tim is a, a fantastic human being. He has meant so much to this podcast, more than I could ever explain. And <clears throat> I think he knows that. I hope he knows that. But, you know, he checks in with me every week. And, you know, we talk about everything, but uh, he has supported this show so much. And, you know, his friendship means the world to me. And for him to say, uh, you know, weekly that our show is his favorite, that just, uh, it means so much to the both of us. So Tim, as always, shout out to you, uh, do everything you can to support pulling up a chair because, uh, he just does such a fantastic job with that. And I, I look forward to what he's got planned in 2022. Also want to shout out as always, normally, Breaker and Bane and all of that stuff. But I want to start this week, uh, just by, thanking breaker um <clears throat> he also through his his name out there is more than willing uh to come on and record with me today and breaker is absolutely on my list of people that i want to and i will podcast with very soon you know uh he had me on his show you know it's fake right absolute honor one of my favorite podcasts um but i've got a ton of ideas of of things that i want to talk with breaker about for this show and you know as we move into 2022 i'm going to be doing more of the more tales from the estate and i really look forward to that and he's definitely going to be one of the first ones that i have on when i do that so breaker thank you for that uh and check out all their shows so now it's time for that power hour fantastic we're 400 episodes he hosts you know it's fake right <sighs> man i'm just gonna stop right there because this week was a special one you know, I talk about, you know, it's fake, right? Every single week. I talk about how it's one of my favorite podcasts. I look forward to it. It's my first thing every single Monday morning. And that is absolutely true. But this week he had Dobro on and it was just such a great conversation. And, you know, I put a Twitter post out there, but, you know, whether you're a fan of wrestling and that's why you listen to, to Breakers podcast, um, even if you're not a wrestling fan. I think that you should give that a listen because uh, Dobro explains just, you know, everybody wants to know, how can you be so positive? Go listen to that. He explains it. And, you know, he's made such an impact on my life and just so many others. And so that was great. So uh, bravo to you guys. I absolutely loved it. Uh, and then Breaker also hosts the TV Toy Cast with Travis Fowler. And uh, just love those guys. Love that show. Um, Bane and Bill. No holds barred. Going to be back very soon. Cannot wait for that. Uh, I am anxiously awaiting the new season so shout out to you guys we love you guys over here uh you know thank you for everything you do for always supporting us as much as you have as well as all the other fantastic podcasts uh that we love every single week fully posable drunk wrestling history ringside rant with rj uh boot to the face howling with the wolf jason has been putting out more podcasts and i am here for him i love him uh, about halfway through his new one where he's uh, reviewing a film on netflix and so can't wait to finish that up when I get done doing this. And uh, so Wolf Club, as always, a shout out. And just for everybody, uh, this has been a bit of a hectic day. So, you know, I work from home. So I wake up every morning, I start work, uh, you know, 
last night before we went to bed, you know, Caitlin said that she was starting to have a bit of a sore throat. Woke up today, wasn't feeling any better. So, you know, she went, she got a test and, you know, it came back positive. So, um, you know, we, we were able to then get her a test, you know, at a clinic. And so we're waiting the results on that, but, uh, given her symptoms, I'm, you know, more than certain that, you know, it, it is positive, but, uh, she's doing okay. So no need to be alarmed. You know, she, it's mild symptoms like a cold. Um, she's very tired, but she's tired every day with this pregnancy. So, uh, I'm keeping an eye on her. She will be back next week. I can't wait. Uh, but thank you to everybody that's reached out that, uh, you know, sent well wishes and, and sent texts and everything else. Um, you know, I say it all the time, but I can never say it enough. You guys mean the world to us. Uh, so many of you, and you know who you are. If you're listening to this, uh, you're included in that. And we're just so grateful for for all of your friendships and just uh, how many genuinely kind and caring people uh, we have in our lives. And we are grateful for that. And we never take that for granted. Uh, and we want you guys to know that. So uh, this was a bit of a different episode this week. Uh, like I said, it was a bit of a hectic day. We're doing stuff on the fly. Uh, when I woke up today, I, I didn't think that I'd be here uh, getting ready to put out a podcast with Eric from doing the favor. Uh, but hey, that's the way life goes. And we adjust and we cover and move, uh, as I like to say, and we take care of business. And that's what we did. So I hope if you weren't a Browns fan, I don't know if you did, uh, but I hope you enjoyed at least a portion of this very special episode 60 of Tales from the Estate. Uh, it's weird doing this as a one-man person or a one-man band. We kind of are like peanut butter and jelly. We work very well together. Uh, so I very much look forward to having Caitlin back next week, where we'll go back to bringing you crazy random facts. We are going to update everybody on this fart jar story because it's like every single week it takes a drastic turn. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we plan to do that this week, but we're definitely going to cover it next week. Uh, and we'll think of a top, fun top five to do. So uh, to everybody that, that supports this show, listens to this show, thank you. We will see you next time for episode 50, or I'm sorry, not 51, 61. And until then, be kind and stay too sweet.